Welcome to Ballybunion in Myth and Legend, Part 1. My name is Danny Houlihan. I am a historian and musician. In this podcast, I will deal with the ancient myths and legends of the Ballybunion area, the old customs no long forgotten. Through his people, his heritage and his rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. St. Etna in Myth and Legend in the Ballybunion area, there is a great respect for the name Etna, as one of its townlands takes her illustrious name. Today, nothing remains of her early mission, only her association with a local cemetery called Kiletna or Kilehenna. This cemetery is located one mile from the town of Ballybunion. Tradition relates that Etna was one of the two Hededanans, a woman of considerable beauty. The story tells that at one time Etna went on a fast, abstaining from all food with the exception of the milk from two cows of the righteous land of India. The sea god Mananon intervened and proclaimed that Etna's guardian demon had left her, but was replaced by a guardian angel. This indicated that Etna was no longer a Tuhadadanan, but a converted Christian believer. Etna's mission is now gone forever, but her legacy of being a kind, generous person lives on. The Battle of Lisnakaha One late night, as the settlement of Lissard were deep in slumber, a faction from a nearby ringfort called Lisnakaha initiated a cattle raid. During the raid, its occupants were killed. As the dawn broke over Kunukunor Hill, the alarm was raised. Rising from a deep dream of peace, the mighty Flan Fjorna Shanana roared, Moreak me I will kill these people. Flan summoned his warriors around him and plotted his terrible revenge. Dispatching his daughter, the Princess Idana, Wintern proceeded to Lisnakaha, whereupon she was captured. Flan seized the opportunity, and later that night he surrounded the Lys. At three o'clock in the morning, as Asdaman's people lay at rest, Flan's mighty army attacked the settlement. Screams of the dying were heard in Beale and Scatry. Heads rolled, and the war cries of the warriors in the last stages of disembowelment pierced the tranquil air of the Shannon Estuary. The smell of fresh blood and entrails and defecation was, according to historians, a throwback to the Dark Ages. Fearing impending death, Asdaman fled, but was followed by Flan, one capturing him, cut his head off and held it up to all as an example of his power. When Flan returned to Lisnakaha, he witnessed a sad scene. Blood, gore and brains covered the list. Reflecting on his evil deed and vowing to keep the laws of the ancients, the mighty chieftain collected the last few remaining bloody heads and returned to his fort in peace. The legend or myth of Parkwork or Parkhaley This legend or myth dates back to the end of the 1700s and the dawn of the 1800s in the Ballybunion area.
Parkwork or Parkeli can be translated as the land of quirks or the field of the musical gathering. During a rabbit hunt, a local man and his dog cornered a rabbit in the shade of a ditch. The rabbit escaped but received an injury. The hunter and dog pursued the rabbit into Parkwirch, where it disappeared into an old thatched house. The dog followed in hot pursuit, barking viciously. When the hunter knocked at the door and inquired if the rabbit had entered the house, the man of the house said, No, he saw no rabbit. The hunter thanked the man of the house, and as he was just leaving, he looked back. The man's hand was bleeding. Later that evening, at an old alehouse in Ballybunion, the hunter recalled his day's journey across the grassy hillside of Pockwitch and told the company about the rabbit and the old man of the house. The locals were amazed with the story and told the hunter that no house ever existed in that particular area. The hunter came to the conclusion, after many whiskies, that by day the old man took the shape of a rabbit and then by night changed back to a man. This article is dedicated to the memory of the late Matty Leahy of Bermore. Darby's Bed, or Dearmud and Grania's Bed. To the northeast of the castle is a headland joined to the mainland by a narrow neck of land. It is known locally as Darby's Bed, but the name given on the ordnance maps of the 1800s is Dearmud and Grania's Bed. It is associated with Grania, the daughter of an Irish monarch, who betrothed to Finn McCool the ancient Irish warrior leader of the Fianna. Fearing this marriage alliance, as Fionn was an ageing man at that time, Grani put Dermot under a spell of love. The couple took flight to the four corners of ancient Aaron, fearing the anger of Fionn, who was following them with the massed army of the Fianna. It is said that the two lovers took shelter in the fort in the area, which now bears their name, Dearmud and Grania's Bed. The Vision of Kiel Sahin Kiel Sahin is translated from the Irish as the Church of the Fairy Hill. In the Ballybunnan and Beale areas, long, long ago this tale was told, and still to this day is remembered well by all who heard it. This optical mirage appears and predicts the forthcoming demise of a local person within eight years of first observing the mirage. The vision depicts a small church on a hill, a round tower and a market day in progress. People talking, traders vending their goods. Many locals have seen the scene and have lived to be very old people in the area. Some believe that this is an optical snapshot of some country scene, transported and placed on the estuary in certain weather conditions. Today, the haunting scene of Kiel Sahin has not been observed for many years in the Ballybunan area.
Sian Conla in myth and legend. North of the present town of Ballybunion is the 12th century church of Kilconley. This area dates back to the time of the Ehedna, when a monk called Conla established a Christian settlement in the area. Conla lived a quiet life until one day, as he walked collecting berries, a huge serpent or snake emerged from a ring fort. Conla drew a sword from under his habit and engaged the monster in fierce combat on the slopes of Kilconley and Bramore. The battle lasted for three days and three nights relentlessly, until Conla severed the head of the beast from his body and it lay dead before him. Conla gave thanks to the Lord and as a gesture named the fort in the area Lisnapasna, or the Fort of the Serpent. The Ghost of Pukinee Castle Historical sources have translated the name Pukinee Castle as the Hood of the Broken Vaults. In Irish mythology, the name bears a more mythical name, the Castle of the Puka. In ancient times in the Ballybunin area, the dreaded puka or deformed animal crept up on its victim while sleeping. A nightmare journey would ensue on the back of the puka, traversing ditches, mountains and rivers, until the victim awoke within the walls of Pukinee Castle. Pukinee Castle is located on the cliff walk in Ballybunin. Local tradition relates that if the victim did three rounds of the castle, the spell would be broken. On May Eve, a deformed ghostly spectre of the puka wanders the cliffs of Dune in search of its next victim. The caves of Ballybunnan, which are well known to all, are in myth the hiding place of the puka during daylight. But at night, the puka emerges to his kingdom to scare the living. The Battle of Cochnochnoir. This epic story details the heroic attempt by a Grecian princess called Neve to flee from her native land, from a man she was betrothed to. This man was called Talfic Troin, a renowned Grecian warrior, but due to an evil enchantment, was transformed into an ugly beast, bearing the head and tail of a cat. Neve, not wanting this alliance, fled from Greece by boat and eventually ended up in the Atlantic Ocean. Many days later, her boat came to rest on the Lady's Strand in Ballybunion. Neve sought and was afforded the protection of Finn McCool, noted leader of the Fianna army. Tradition relates that Finn McCool and the Fianna at that time were on Litter Strand hurling, and Fionn had seen the ships approaching to the strand in Ballybunion. One week later, the Shannon estuary darkened with the shadow of Talc's warships. Talc immediately sent his spies into the woods and valleys to search for Neve. On receiving such information, Talc sought revenge. Tradition relates that Talc, using his cat features, borrowed a tunnel or hole in the side of the castle green, now called the Cat's Hole, and emerged on the summit of Cunochanor Hill. 
ready for battle. Once on the summit, Talc began to slaughter thousands of the Fianna with all his strength. Oscar, son of Fionn, now enters the battle, brandishing a broadsword. Engage the mighty Talc in defence of the Fianna, Neve, and ancient Aeon. The battle lasted for many a long day until Oscar cut Talc off his guard, and with one swift blow, Oscar thrust his sword into the mighty Talc's chest, killing him outright. As Tal's life ebbed away, his body transformed back into a handsome prince. Neve, seeing this transformation, took one last sigh and died. To this day, the hill bears the name Kunokunor, or the Hill of Slaughter. It should be noted that tradition also relates that months later, after that famous battle, Tal's brother came to Ireland to avenge the death of his brother and another battle ensued. However, it wasn't until the crying cries of the mothers of the dying pleaded with all. The battle was then finished. In ancient times in the area, a hill was the domain of the gods, such as Anu, Kramdov, and many more. And this area was no exception. Inhabitants paid worship to the hill in autumn for good harvest and continued good health to their family. Sacrificial worship of animal sacrifices were initiated on the slopes of the mountain, as well as pagan rituals in honour of the god Ogmius, whereupon an individual of pure spirit was sacrificed for the supreme power. Tradition relates that on Kunoknuri and Kunokunor, the hill of the harvest, ruled the ancient gods, who ruled with full autonomy. Locals held the place with great reverence, and those who visited the place and returned alive have told of great bonfires, which lit the summit in respect of the ancients. These forces of good and evil battled for the souls of the pagan settlements below its summit. It is said that three pagan gods held sway over the hill, and that when bonfires are lit on its summit, their rule is never forgotten. In modern times, Paschal Masses have been said on the hill at five in the morning, each Easter. But no one has yet seen those ancient gods. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the myths and legends of the Ballybunnan area. Through its people, its heritage and its rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Hoolahan's Irish experience.